Yo, 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 what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to, once again, another Catching Up With College Football episode. We are now on episode 9, which just feels weird to think. We're already nine weeks through this little series that we just started, what felt like a week ago. But um, anyway, guys, in today's Catching Up With College Football episode... We really don't have a lot to talk about. We're only going to be talking about four different subjects, but the four different subjects we're talking about are some pretty interesting subjects. The first one we talk about, you know, we always talk about coaching changes and everything like that. And, you know, in last in uh, last week's episode with Catching Up With College Football, there was a ton of offensive coordinators that moved jobs. We saw TCU OC Garrett Riley. He headed to Clemson. TCU, they went out and got Arkansas OC Kendall Bryles. And what was a kind of a controversial hiring due to the fact of, well, the Bryles name and TCU really don't mesh well together. But so far... He's been doing pretty good, and we'll also talk about, I think, here, at least in the next few weeks, if this little rumor does become true, some pretty big news that might be happening down at TCU. But um, anyways, we talk about Josh Heupel getting a huge contract extension through the 2029 um, season with the Tennessee Volunteers to remain their head coach, which is an absolute fantastic move by the, Vol the Vols that now makes him a top 10 paid head coach in all of college football. We then go to the transfer portal. We talk about two Pretty big time name players both come from the um, from the Georgia Bulldogs. One being a former top ten player in the class of 2020, and one of the more forgotten players in all of college football. Um, tight end Eric Gilbert, who originally signed to LSU, then transferred to Georgia, kind of fell down in the depth chart with all those super talented tight ends that Georgia has. Obviously, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington. So he decided to enter the transfer portal once again, and well. He's now committed to a school that I think he's really going to flourish in and a head coach he's really going to flourish under. We also then talk about former Georgia wide receiver A.D. Mitchell. He's announcing that he's going to be returning home and playing for the Longhorns and why this might be a really good pickup for the Longhorns in their wide receiver room. And then we finish it up talking about and what, what was really not necessarily the most surprising news because we all saw it coming, but was still a crazy flip and that of course we're talking about number the number one cornerback in the class of 2023 Cormani McLean flipping his commitment from Miami to Colorado we're going to talk about you know what Deion Sanders has been able to do so far at Colorado and everything like that obviously what this means for Cormani McLean but anyway guys before we get into all that please make sure that if you're sitting at home and chilling on the couch laying in bed whatever make sure you're relaxed make sure you got a you know blanket pillow whatever you need to listen to today's episode or if you're on your way to work make sure you got coffee a monster Red Bull whatever to keep you awake while you're driving and listening to today's episode so guys Thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for all that you do. If you're enjoying the episodes, please make sure that you do hit that follow button. And if you're feeling a little bit generous, make sure you join our monthly supporter program. It's definitely worth it because eventually I'm going to be I'm going to start shooting out some exclusive episodes. So without further ado, like I always say, I don't want to waste y'all's time. I don't want to waste my time either. So let's talk some darn college football. And obviously it's off season. We're kind of in that little dead period right now where the transfer portal is officially closed now, so if you weren't already in, you can't enter it. But obviously, we have a few guys that you know were already entered, and they're now committing to some new schools. But before we talk about that, let's talk about our loan uh, coaching news that we're going to be talking about and what I think is just an absolute great extension by Tennessee. The Tennessee Volunteers have extended their current head coach, Josh Heupel, 
through the 2029 season, which now bumps his salary from $5 million up to $9 million a year, which really is not that bad considering what he's been able to do with this Tennessee Volunteer Program. And just to think a few short years ago when they had Jeremy Pruitt as their head coach, all those recruiting violations, everything like that that was going on. You know, the program, its stock was going tremendously down. You know, we saw a lot of guys leave Tennessee. I think a lot of people kind of forget about that little period when it seemed like almost every player at Tennessee was leaving. Now, everybody seems to want to come to Tennessee, right? Josh Heupel, in this 2023 class, allowed for them to have a top 20 recruiting class. Got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation in Nico Iamaleva, who already is with the program, too. So, I mean, just what Josh Heupel has been able to do so far with the Volunteers has been amazing in terms of recruitment. But even better, what he's been able to do on the field and turning around what was a really lackluster offense and it used to always be a joke back when they had uh, Garrett Guantanamo, I think that's how you say his last name, or something like that, Garantino, y'all know who I'm talking about, the guy that we all literally made fun, not made fun of, but definitely was a uh, turnover machine to say the least. You know, then they get Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech. They got Joe Milton from Michigan, who's going to be the guy this upcoming year. Hendon Hooker completely turns around that offense, being able to sling the football and everything like that. Leads them to a top 10 ranking this season. The highest they got was number five. I think it might have been number four. Number four, number five, obviously, went on the road to South Carolina and got blown out. But still, it was an amazing season. They finished it off beating Clemson in the Orange Bowl. And I think you could really say it was a beat down of Clemson in the Orange Bowl. So they finished the season 10 and 2 or 10 and 2 in the regular season, 11 and 2 overall. So this was a really great season for the Volunteers, the best one that they've had since back in 2001. So yeah, it's it's been a while since then. So yeah, it, it, this probably, you know, shocked a lot of Tennessee fans knowing just kind of how quick Josh Heupel was able to turn around this program cuz you know, after they fired Butch Jones and they went through a couple different head coaches, it really looked like this program was definitely going to be having some really, really, really rough years, at least for the next decade or two. But Josh Heupel, he was that beam of light, and Tennessee realized, okay, if we want to keep our guy, we need to pay him, you know, one of the top salaries in the nation, and they did exactly that. Josh Heupel, he is now currently top 10 in the country in terms of, you know, being highest paid, highest salary. He's actually tied... At fifth right now with Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. So definitely well-deserved for Josh Heupel. I even think they probably could have paid him a little bit more. But throughout his first um, two seasons, you know, initially, and I forgot where I read this. I think it was on 24-7. When he originally got to um, Tennessee, his contract was originally $4 million. And then after that first season in which they went 7-6, and six, it got bumped to 5. And then obviously now he's at $9 million. So He's been getting a little bit of pay raise, so not only is it benefiting, you know, Tennessee, it's definitely benefiting the um, the Heupel family. So regardless, Tennessee, they go out and extend their head coach Josh Heupel through the 2029 season, and that's our only coaching news we have. Not a lot has really gone down in terms of coaching changes and everything like that since really last week when we had all those different coaches leaving. But now, let's talk about some transfer portal news, and the first one I want to talk about. I want to talk about one of the one of the highest rated recruits in the class of 2022, a guy that was supposed to be a program changing type of player on offense and everything like that. And we're talking about former top 10 player in the class of 2020, Eric Gilbert. Now, Eric Gilbert originally started his career out at LSU and things were definitely bumpy to say the least. Things didn't work out, didn't get the playing time he wanted and everything like that. So he actually decided to then and he and just remember, too, he also was from. 
the state of Georgia too. So he went to LSU and actually didn't really have too bad of a freshman year. Caught 35 passes for 368 yards and two touchdowns. But he kind of got homesick, which we do see a, a decent amount with a lot of college athletes, which is understandable. They're still technically kids, right? They're only 18, 19-year-old kids. So he decided he wanted to go back home and go play for the Bulldogs. Didn't play in 2021 after he stepped away from the team, but then rejoined them back in January. And actually this past spring had a really solid spring game, you know, with Georgia. He caught two touchdowns in that game. So it looked like, okay, maybe, you know, Georgia's going to have a, you know, three-headed tight end room with Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, and Eric Gilbert, who is one of the highest rated recruits in his respective class. But things just simply did not work out that way. Eric Gilbert really didn't get a lot of playing time. I mean, it was – you could tell that he definitely didn't fit in as well because obviously when you've got guys like Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington who are going to be, you know, picked in the first three rounds of this upcoming year's – or not this year's, but next year's NFL draft, it's kind of hard to really get any playing time. And obviously a guy like Eric Gilbert, who knows his talent and everything like that. I mean, this is a guy that was the number one player coming out of Georgia, which is a huge accomplishment – he knew that he could go somewhere and play immediately and be the starter. So he did exactly that. Entered the transfer portal and, well, it came down to a few schools. Initially, after he took a visit to Nebraska, Nebraska was like kind of the clear favorite. Everybody was like, okay, he's going to Nebraska with Matt Rule and everything like that. And, well, he even said it himself, Nebraska currently at the top right now, but I'm still going to, you know, evaluate my answers or my, not answers, evaluate my choices and everything like that. And I think not even a few hours later after I saw that post, I literally got a message saying that Eric Gilbert, he had um, committed to Nebraska. So, former top 10 player in the class of 2020, Eric Gilbert, he's officially headed out to Lincoln, Nebraska to join Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers. I think this is fantastic, especially for Matt Rule, because this guy, after, after what happened during the Scott Frost era and how disappointing that was, you know, Nebraska really needed a guy that not only was able to be a great coach, but also be a great recruiter, right? Scott Frost got a couple guys and everything like that. Adrian Martinez, Casey Thompson. There's a few others I'm probably forgetting about. But still, you know, you also needed to get yourself, you know, a great recruiter, but most importantly, a great coach. And Matt Rule, proven track record of doing that, did it at Temple, led them into the top 25, which is something Temple had, I don't even think, ever done up until that point, went down to Baylor, led them to a Sugar Bowl win against Ole Miss, so this guy is a proven program changer, and obviously, I think he's going to do that exactly with um, Nebraska, and getting guys like Eric Gilbert, he's gotten a few other guys, got an offensive lineman from Georgia as well, so Matt Rule's doing his thing, so watch out for the Cornhuskers to really compete in the Big Ten West, which is not really as, I guess you could say, surprising considering how weak that division is. In case you're wondering, Purdue made it to the Big Ten Championship game this year, so that kind of just put that in retrospective about how weak that division is in the Big Ten. But regardless, Matt Rule gets himself his starting tight end and one of the top recruits in the class of 2020. Eric Gilbert. So great pickup for Matt Rule. I mean, I'm, I'm a big supporter of Matt Rule. I like what he's doing in Nebraska, and I think he's really going to be able to, you know, change that program around for the better. Now, do I think they're going to be national championship contending in the next two years? Absolutely not. But I think they should be able to at least contend for the Big Ten championship game and at least try and get into a New York Six Bowl game. So now, y'all, for our final uh, transfer portal news that I do want to talk about. And obviously, you got all you got a lot of little ones and everything like that. But I really just want to talk about the main ones, the big ones, the ones that really have a lot of impact on a program. And this guy definitely is going to give Texas something that they've been lacking a lot of, 
and that is leadership. So I'm talking about former Georgia wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, who has been a playoff monster, right? In four playoff games that he's had with Georgia, he has caught a touchdown in each every sing, each each game. So last year, right, when they played um played yeah, was Michigan, they played Michigan in the Orange Bowl. He had a touchdown in that game, went to the national championship game against Alabama, had a um had a touchdown as well. And then this past year, right, against Ohio or this this year. Uh, against Ohio State, caught a touchdown pass, and then against TCU, which I really don't want to talk too much about that game. Me being a you know salty TCU fan, he caught a touchdown pass in that game as well. So this guy is seriously a threat. I mean, during the regular season, hasn't been bad whatsoever, but definitely when the you know the lights are on and everything like that, that's really when he he really sh you know shines. I guess you could say, no pun intended. So, Ad Mitchell, very very much a veteran wide receiver, and you know. And originally, when he entered the transfer portal, it wasn't for reasons that he oh he couldn't play at Georgia or anything like that, falling down on the depth chart or whatever. It was more of he wanted to go back home. He's from Longview, if I remember correctly, or no Missouri City. He's from Missouri City. Sorry, he's from Missouri City. So wants to go back home to Texas, understandably, and obviously one of the biggest programs in all the nation, and you could say easily the biggest program in Texas is the Texas Longhorns. So. It was pretty much known from the get-go, if this guy hits the portal, he is heading down to Austin and joining the Texas Longhorns, and he did exactly that. So, A.D. Mitchell, he's joining the Texas Longhorns. He's going he's gonna to join a star-studded wide receiver room that now consists of 2023 four-star wide receiver Jonte Cook, Xavier Worthy, who was a freshman All-American just a few seasons ago, and now you've got A.D. Mitchell, who's really going to be that leader and veteran guy that that Longhorn wide receiver room really needs because... Just of how young they are, they don't have a lot of veterans outside of uh, um, Jordan Whittington, who's going to be returning for his final year of eligibility. It's felt like he's been at Texas for forever, but getting a guy like A.D. Mitchell, who has played in the SEC, definitely can help teach up a lot of those young guys from when Texas does make that transition to the SEC and everything like that. And also, too, on the on the field, that guy's an absolute stud. He's a great route runner, very you know speedster. Something that Texas has always had is a bunch of speedy wide receivers. So. This is a great pickup for Steve Sarkeesian and really a, you know, you have to win the Big 12 championship game or you're going to get fired as head coach type of season because it has been a little bit of a rough past two years for um, a good old Coach Stark, Coach Sark, right? First season, go five and seven. Just was that Oklahoma, that the, the Oklahoma game, that really broke that team because you could tell when you're up that big at halftime, you know, you, you literally forced them to sit was supposed to be a Heisman candidate and Spencer Rattler at the time, and then they just absolutely come back from nothing and go on and beat you, especially your rival. Not a great feeling, and you could tell it translated the rest of the year, especially when you know they lost to Kansas and I think double overtime. So it was it was a rough first year. Second year got a little bit better. You know you were able to you know only lose to Alabama at home by three. Uh, a lot of people also forget, too, Texas is going on the road this year, and they're going to be playing in Tuscaloosa, so that should be a fun game to watch. But I, there's still a lot of things this Texas team needs. And talent talent is not even a question, right? You had one of the best running backs in the nation, Bijan Robinson. You have a guy at quarterback who is one of the most highly touted recruits in history in Quinn Ewers. You have Xavier Worthy, who was a freshman All-American his first year. You got Jordan Whittington, who's a great slot guy, a great veteran guy. You know, the defense was phenomenal this year, too. Jalen Ford, their starting linebacker, could have easily competed to be that uh, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. But Felix and UDK Ozama, 
or Uzama, he secured that over in Kansas State. But still, Texas has all the talent in the world. It's just the coaching has been something that's hampered them. And I saw it up close and personal. I went down to Austin for the TCU-Texas game, and that was one of the worst offensive performances I think I've ever seen. I mean, Texas literally could barely get past the 50-yard line. A lot of drops, just a lot of bad throws by Quinn. So obviously, this is real. This going to be. This is really a make it or break it type of year for. Steve Sarkeesian, because I think the boosters are starting to get a little bit tired of, you know, we paid you all this money to come over here, and you can barely even give us eight wins. I mean, you lose in the Alamo Bowl, pretty much get blown out. Xavier Worthy apparently ate a couple butterfingers before the game, and his hands turned into literal butterfingers because he dropped numerous passes in that game as well. So getting a guy like A.D. Mitchell might be able to help coach up a lot of these guys who struggled this past year, you know, when they're getting frustrated and everything like that in big-time games, you know, Red River – Red River rivalry games, going up against TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State. You know, all those games that Texas sometimes always has a little bit trouble in. Being able to tell these guys, you know, relax, the game's not over, get back to the basics, get back to your fundamentals, and just play Texas Longhorn football. And maybe that's something they need. So A.D. Mitchell, who was one of the best players in the transfer portal, he is headed to the Texas Longhorns. Now, for our final, final little uh, topic that we have in today's episode, our lone recruiting news that we have in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the most notorious cornerback in this year's class, the number one cornerback, Cormani McLean. And well, this guy has definitely had himself a recruiting, uh, recruiting story to say the least. Before ultimately committing to um, Miami, it was pretty much thought that and you know crystal balls and everything like that I've already explained it a few times but crystal balls are pretty much a prediction that someone has where it's like this guy's going to go to this school and everything like that and nine times out of ten normally they're right normally those guys end up doing it and well he's getting a lot of crystal balls to stay at his in-state in-state or his um his home school the Florida Gators right and, and they were already kind of on a little hot path and everything like that to recruiting a bunch of defensive guys. So it made sense. Cormani headed to Florida. Things didn't work out that way. Mario Cristobal and the Hurricanes offered him a ginormous, probably NIL deal to go go play for the Canes. And, well, he committed to, he committed to Miami this past season. Definitely probably hurt their chances at landing him because of just how bad they were. Got upset at home against Middle Tennessee State, which that was just embarrassing so that probably you know that probably hurt him a little bit too in terms of getting a guy like Cormani who easily could be an NFL type of cornerback kind of resembles a lot of Jalen Ramsey in terms of trash talk and being physical and everything like that because there's a video that I posted on Instagram of this guy I mean he's lengthy he's very he's very slim he's very slim but still this guy is absolutely a beast runs down into the flat hits this hits this running back I mean about as hard as you can knocks the ball out and then returns it for about 20 to 30 yards or whatever it was I mean this guy you could tell the talent is there you know all that raw potential and talent and and who 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 what other cornerback coach is better than Deion Sanders right Deion gets hired to go to Colorado you see a bunch of these recruits flipping their commitments to go to Colorado but one that kind of everybody forgot a little bit about was Cormani McLean and then we started seeing you know, all these little leaked images on YouTube videos and thumbnails of um, Deion Sanders' son. He posts on YouTube, which is an absolute fantastic YouTube channel, of, you know, of a, of a recruit and a number seven jersey, you know, lined up against Deion Sanders, which you put two and two together. Cormani McLean's number is seven. This guy is wearing seven. Very slim, tall type of player. 
yeah, you you could already guess it's Cormani. Now Cormani Cormani wanted to troll a little bit, said no no no, y'all are tripping. I'm currently in Tampa, Florida, and I was like, oh okay, well maybe that's just another recruit that they got mistaked. And then two days later, I look like a fool because he literally posts a six six picture Instagram post of him and Deion Sanders and him in um, Colorado, you know, making snow angels on the field. So you could tell pretty much from that point on, this kid is heading to Colorado. And, well, it only took about a day later because Cormani McLean, and it's so funny because when I posted last week's Catching Up with um, College Football episode, I think it was the day after Cormani made the flip. So I was like, man, you've got to be kidding me. But now we're talking about it. Cormani McLean, he is officially heading to Boulder, Colorado to go join Coach Prime and the Buffaloes. I think this is a great flip, or great, um, great flip. Yeah, actually, a great flip for Cormani because not only is he going to be getting coached by a guy like Deion Sanders, who's one of the greatest athletes of all time, he's also going to be lined up with the number one recruit in last year's class, Travis Hunter, who's one of the top cornerback recruits of all time. So now Deion Sanders has his one-two combo at cornerback in Travis Hunter and Cormani McClain. Now, me being a TCU guy, we play these guys, I think, week yeah week one of the 2023 season. So we'll be able to see it you know, first-handed and everything like that. That should definitely be an interesting game. But yeah, Dion. I mean, he might honestly. I think give Dion another couple years, and this guy potentially might become the greatest recruiter of all time. Because if you're able to steer away a kid from what was probably almost ten million dollars in nil money, I would estimate probably about that much, and get him to flip to you, go out to Colorado. Which Colorado is not a bad place whatsoever. It's a beautiful, beautiful state, beautiful city of Boulder. But I mean, Miami is hard to beat, and the fact that Coach Prime was able to. You know, get him away from that. That's pretty darn impressive, especially you know he's from the state of Florida. So, regardless, Dion Dion does it again. Goes out and flips the number one cornerback in the class of 2023, Cormani McLean, to the Buffalo. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode nine of Catching Up with College Football. Hopefully, next week. We'll have a little bit more to talk about, but always remember we are kind of in a little bit of a dead period for these next few weeks and even month. So may not have as much news and everything like that, but still we'll try to do my best to be able to get it out to you guys. So guys, once again, thank you so much for your support. Make sure you hit the like and follow button. Make sure you join our monthly supporter program. And guys, I will catch you on the next episode. Peace.